The time is 8.08 in the morning. You're listening to Law in Disorder on KPFA. I'm your host, Jesse Strauss. In 2022, U.S. police murdered 1,096 people. According to the Washington Post, this year, law enforcement has already killed 436 folks. That's an increase of four people since our roundup last week, and we don't even know most of their names. There were no marches, rallies, rebellions, or hashtags for them. Most of their families grieve in silence and solitude. It's critical to understand that police killings are just the tip of an egregious iceberg of transgressions against our communities. Law enforcement serves as a militarized occupying army in our communities and neighborhoods. They racially profile, sexually assault, and put our folks in cages. If we don't know what's happening, then we can't fight back. We can't adequately organize a response. So every week on Law & Disorder, we kick off our Thursday with a roundup of news related to state violence. We hope this segment serves to expose, agitate, and build. This is the State Terror Roundup for the week of June 12, 2023. The largest settlement in U.S. history over police misconduct has been awarded in a New Haven, Connecticut case. The $45 million settlement gives a harsh financial consequence to the New Haven Police Department almost a year after five officers were involved in a brutality case that led to the paralyzing from the waist down of Randy Cox, who had been arrested, handcuffed, and placed in the back of a police van. The officer driving the van drove erratically, slamming on the brakes while Randy Cox in the back was handcuffed but not buckled. Because of the van's movement, he repeatedly fell, and in one case, his head slammed into a metal partition in the back of the van. Minutes after his head was slammed, Cox said, quote, I can't move. I'm going to die like this. Please, please, please help me. As Cox pleaded for help, some of the officers at the detention center where he was brought mocked him and accused him of being drunk and faking his injuries. These exchanges were recorded by surveillance and body-worn cameras. Cox, now a 37-year-old father, lives as a dependent in need of assistance at all times. His attorney, Benjamin Crump, said that the $45 million settlement was important to offset the extensive and ongoing health care Cox will need for the rest of his life, adding that, quote, if he wants a sip of water, somebody has to give it to him. If he wants to eat, somebody has to give it to him. If he has to urinate, his diaper has to be changed. The previously largest financial settlement in a police brutality case was for George Floyd. Ben Crump was also the attorney in that case, and Crump said in an interview with USA Today over the weekend, quote, My endeavor has been very consistent. When we set the record with George Floyd with $27 million, I was very clear that what we're trying to do is make it financially unsustainable for the police to continue to violate our constitutional rights and brutalize us unnecessarily and unjustifiably. Source, USA Today. We'll have more on civil settlements and cases of police violence just after our state terror roundup today. In West Virginia, 32 women and 10 girls have filed lawsuits against the West Virginia State Police over hidden cameras that were placed and operated inside the female locker room at the State Police Academy. The lawsuit claims that women and girls who used the locker rooms, which included a program for girls called the Junior Troopers, as well as adult police and training, were recorded illegally. The locker room recordings ended around the same time that the Junior Trooper program was discontinued in 2020. The trooper who allegedly placed the cameras has since died, and the West Virginia governor said that other troopers who later found the USB flash drive with video on it allegedly, quote, threw it on the floor and stomped it, destroying the evidence. The defendant's lawyers say that the women that were videotaped have experienced varying levels of physical and emotional abuse, 
quote, all of the women were victims of a civil conspiracy perpetrated by instructors, staff, and leadership at the West Virginia State Police Academy. According to their lawyer, the women say that they have suffered anxiety, humiliation, annoyance, inconvenience, invasion of privacy, emotional distress, pain, suffering, mental anguish, and loss of ability to enjoy life. Source, West Virginia's WTRF Channel 7. In Mississippi, a civil rights attorney was jailed over the weekend after she pulled out her phone to legally record a police interaction on the street. Jill Colin Jefferson was arrested Saturday night by Lexington Police, which is the same department she complained about just nine days earlier to an assistant U.S. Attorney General. Around 10 p.m. on Saturday, Jefferson was filming a police traffic stop from her car on a public street. The officer turned to her, asked her for ID, which she gave him. Then he told her to get out of the car, which she refused to do. So he pulled her out and arrested her. Even without any bail amount, the county tried to charge Jefferson a $35 processing fee in order to be released from jail, which she refused to pay on principle. She was held for the entire weekend until the county waived the $35 fee. Those working for Jefferson's nonprofit, Julian, complained that she was falsely arrested. In a press release, her office said, quote, It's clear that this is retaliation against her work to seek justice and truth for the onslaught of police brutality in the area. Julian is a civil rights organization that works on issues of police violence and more. Recently, Julian filed a lawsuit that said more than 200 black residents in Lexington had complained about unconstitutional treatment by the police department. Jefferson named the nonprofit Julian after her mentor, Julian Bond. She worked on civil rights policy in Congressperson John Lewis's office and helped implement and serve as a speechwriter for Barack Obama's 2012 presidential campaign. Source, Mississippi Today. And Antioch Mayor Lamar Thorpe has called again for the firing of police officers involved in a racist texting scandal. After a shooting over the weekend that led to one person dying and six others injured, Thorpe blamed police inability to respond effectively on the suspension of 20 Antioch officers, saying, quote, Each day these officers are on leave is another day. We are prevented from having a stronger police presence on our streets to deter and or respond to gun violence. Thorpe said that he met with police chief Steve Ford about the shooting over the weekend and urged him again to fire the officers involved in the racist texting scandal that has gained national attention and shamed the department. For years, Antioch officers routinely used private text messaging groups to flaunt racist views spouting slurs in front of superiors without fear of reprisal. The scandal has involved 44 officers, about half the department, though not all are accused of sending racist texts. The Antioch mayor claims that firing the officers involved would take them out of suspension and free up staffing positions so that the department could hire new folks. Antioch City Council member Tamisha Torres-Walker, who's been a guest on this show multiple times, said, quote, I'm still of the mind that police do not prevent crime in communities. However, response times for law enforcement and first responders could mean a matter of life and death for an individual impacted by violence. We are sending healing wishes and best luck to those impacted by gun violence, and in particular, the folks who were shot in Antioch over the weekend. This has been the State Terror Roundup for the week of June 12, 2023. State Terror Roundup soundtrack provided by Coffee Brown, an Oakland-based musician, singer, and songwriter who has been a force in the Bay Area's hip-hop and soul scene since the early 90s. You can check her out at kofybrown.com, and her website and socials are linked from our website. That's kpfa.org.